Welcome to Translation Confidential. This is Peter Argandizo and Patrick Daly, and today's topic is going to be per-word pricing. Uh, our industry seems to be obsessed over per-word pricing, so we're going to talk a little bit about it, what it means and why it's not a good indicator. We're going to go over everything. You'll be an expert by the time we're done. Um, quick note, we've had phenomenal response on our COVID-19 uh, signage project. So we had released a series of posters uh, translated in 14 languages and made those available for free as a resource on our site. We've had such good response that we're going to go and add another six languages. So um, uh, look for uh, the update on our site to uh, be able to get those next six languages. They'll include um, uh, Indonesian, Dutch, Mongolian, Kannada, Swedish, Danish, and Finnish. So, uh, you know, they're going to move that that number up a great deal. So look for that. And Patrick, I think you wanted to start with a new story. Mm -hmm. This kind of piggybacks off the topic uh, we talked about last week, which was subtitling and narration. Um, and I found an article from observer.com that talks about how um, the major streaming players are considering translation to be a huge problem and that none of them have yet been able to solve it. Uh, so I think this article uh, ties in well to what we were talking about last week, um, just how you know, maybe all of this content is available in English as what they're producing in, but there's a lot of room, I think, for improvement if they're able to translate their subtitles, if they're, even if they want to take it one step further and do voiceover for all this stuff, I think they can break into plenty of new markets and get a lot more subscribers. I know one of the things the article mentions is that um, it's obviously pretty difficult to translate these things because you have to take context into account. And, you know, it's not really word for word translation. You really need to get more of what the meaning of what the people are saying rather than the exact word for word translation. Um, so that's one of the hurdles they mentioned. But something that's interesting to me, at least, is that um, one of the more recent streaming providers is Disney Plus, and that was originally just rolled out in the U.S., and then they started going into different countries. Um, so that, I think, is it is going to be a lot of work to break into those new markets, but I think it's extremely worthwhile, and I think it's worth exploring for all these streaming companies. Um one of the ones I think, for instance, Hulu is only available in the U.S. and they don't even really touch international, uh, trying to internationalize their content. So I think there's a huge market for that in the translation industry. And I, I really hope that those streaming providers step up and provide that translated content. One, just so their things can be available to more subscribers, but two, they can make a ton of money on this too. One of my favorite streamers is MHZ. I really like Mysteries, and that is a global um, It's a global streamer, and it's kind of a niche audience since it's mainly Mysteries, but they do it all by subtitle. So I get to watch Italian Mysteries with um, English subtitles, which is nice because I get to watch it with my family. I get to listen in Italian. It's just really nice, but they do... They have mysteries from Denmark and Germany. And then what they do is when they roll out into new countries, they just subtitle. And MHZ adds the subtitles, which is really cool. So uh, kind of a neat thing. Yeah, I think that's only going to grow, Patrick. Um, in interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, why don't you get us started on this per word pricing topic? It's one that I get a little bit animated about. So I'm going to try my best to keep it in check. Yeah. Um, so what we run into a lot is, um, especially when we're, trying to win new clients is one of the first questions that will come up is what's your per word pricing. 
Um, and as great as it is to have that, and it is an indicator that we use, um, it really doesn't take into account the full picture of your project. It's really only one part. Um, I believe we did an episode in the past on what translation is and what it isn't. Um, there's a lot more going on than just strictly taking this word or sentence and turning it into this other language. Um, there's a lot more going on than just that. So I think, you know, asking for per word pricing can be a good start, but it shouldn't be your end all be all decision maker as a buyer. When we were prepping for the show, I was trying to think of analogies and um, I'm often really bad at this. So hopefully this one's good, but I was thinking of like in construction, right? If you hired someone to, you know, retile your bathroom, obviously the cost per tile is a part of it, but then there's the labor, there's the grout, you know, there's different things involved. And that's kind of how I see per word pricing is it's a piece of the puzzle. And I, I think, you know, in, in looking through your show notes as well, Patrick, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head and talking about these additional fees. I mean, that's, if you just ask the per word price, it'd be like me going back to asking that Tyler. So if I say, how much do you charge for these specific tiles? And I make the judgment, I pick that guy because he's five cents less per tiles and I don't look at anything else. And now suddenly his labor costs are three times as much as the other guy. And you know that's where it is. The devil's in the details of what the total price is. And it's even more than that because again, it's based, it's, it's about, I think it's about the relationship too, right? So what, how are they managing the translation memory? I mean, I'm probably jumping the gun a little bit, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like those are all important aspects of the decision. Yeah. And like we both said, I mean, it's, it's part of the picture, but it's really important to consider everything. Um, one, one instance where we do get a little bit frustrated when we hear, you know, what's your per pricing, especially is when someone sends us a URL for a website. And that's kind of, there's a lot more going on in a website project than strictly per word translation. Uh, we have to consider, is there a CMS connector? Those usually carry a charge. Will there be an in-context review after the site is published? Is, are we going to look at that as if we're a user to look at it? So these are all things, I mean, certain in, certain companies will charge proxy fees if they're hosting your website. So really asking the per word pricing is an okay start, but it's just that. It's just a start. I think you really will get into it later. Need to figure out how you're going to get an apples to apples comparison of providers. So good transition because let's let's talk about that. I think that would be valuable. So I'm I'm a customer and I say, well, all right, smart guy. We talked about the tiles. Now how do I figure that out? How do I how do I ask for price and how do I compare? I mean, in my mind, I was thinking I would just ask for the per word price. That's super simple. Hey, what's your per word price? And then I ask the next guy and then I go from there, right? Well, no, that's not really the best approach. What would you suggest as step one, Patrick? Mm -hmm. I think um, gathering all the content you want for translation and sending it to multiple providers with the same instructions is going to be the best way to get an apples to apples comparison of what the total cost of your project would be. Uh, Typically we call this giving a sample quote. So if you give the same sample to, let's say it could be up to three or five providers, even with the same instructions, you know, you can request what level of service you want, whether that's translation and independent editing, translation with one linguist, or even MT or MT with post editing. As long as you're giving those same parameters to all of your providers, that's really going to show you, where they stand in terms of total pricing on that project. Additionally, um, if it's possible, you'd want to share the TM across those resources, the translation memory. Uh, That will give you a picture of what kind of discounts you'll earn from 
the utilization of that translation memory. Um, and what that really does, what the translation memory does is it really takes the cost from, you know, gross per word down to your net per word. Once you get those discounts in, you might not be paying for those matches or you're paying a very, very low rate in comparison to any new text that needs translation. So that makes sense. And what are some, I, like, I'm thinking, you know, if you look at, so, okay, fast forward, you get three proposals, five proposals, whatever it is. Um, I'm, I'm going to beat this tiling thing to death, this tiling <laughs> example. So how do we, like, what is the grout and what is the labor? Like, what are some of the additional fees that people should be aware of? Cause I've got the three quotes. I'm looking at them side by side. I sort of see a total, but how do I get a little bit deeper? How do I figure mm-hmm. out what else is going on there? So yeah, you'll definitely want to see a per word pricing. We'll definitely caution against you get a quote and it just has one number on it. And it says, this is how much it costs. I think, like you said, the devil's in the details. So you really want to see a breakdown of what you're getting and what you're paying for each service that the provider is giving you. Um, so some other things that come into mind, I touched on this a little earlier. Um, is there any in-context review? Are we going to look at it after it's been published? Is there any formatting or desktop publishing that needs to be done? Certain file types, certain projects just require formatting to be done. There's really no way around it. Um, Other things like maybe project management will apply that really typically comes into play with how much time a project manager will have to spend setting up your project, preparing it for translation, doing any backend QA checks and things like that. Um, Another one that comes up fairly often is, is there a subject matter expert reviewing the content? Typically, there will be a small small charge to get that feedback incorporated, to have the linguist go over that feedback, make sure no errors were introduced, make sure all the changes are consistent throughout the whole document, make sure the changes are consistent with the translation memory. So that's another thing that can come into play as well. Yeah, that's great. I think that's, you know, that, that's really helpful. And I, I think in, in, in there, you should also look for the description, right? You, you touched on this just a minute. If someone just gives you one sentence and it just says translation of manual, um, I would suggest running as fast as you can. I mean, that leaves so much open to the scope. You know, is there going to be a functional review? Is there a second linguist editing it? You know, what's, what's involved with that? There should be a series of steps. As a buyer, I want to know what exactly are the steps that are going to occur to get this translation done and who's involved. Because be careful, if they say translation, heck, they could just pump it into Google and give it back to you and say, there you go. What what is the scope? Um, I think that's that's also really really important. Yeah, and then um, I'm also an analogy person, so um, it's not kind of, as good as mine. I don't think uh, it might be. Uh, so we there's obviously different levels of service that every provider offers. Uh, we touched on a little bit earlier. The three main ones we'd see would be translation and independent editing. Then translation would be one with one linguist, and then MT with post editing. Um, those are probably the most common ones that we see in the industry, but it kind of brought up the analogy to me of buying a car. Um, and interestingly enough, there's a few car brands in the U.S. that I would think or hope everyone's heard of, Lexus, Toyota, and Scion. And those are all owned by the same company, but they're three very different car brands. Obviously, Lexus would be your luxury brand. Toyota would be kind of the wide net that's, you know, a you know, long lasting car, it's going to do very well, but it doesn't necessarily fall into that luxury category. And that Scion is typically their lower, lowest price models. Um, and typically they're not going to be as long lasting as either of the two 
higher, more expensive models. So I think that's another decent analogy of how translation works and you can kind of go as high up or as low down on the scale as you want. And I think just having reasonable expectations with each level is going to be super important. If you go to a Lexus dealership with $10,000, they might not have much for you. But if you go with that amount to the Scion dealership, you might be able to find something that's going to fit in your budget. Um, that analogy is okay. <laughs> um, maybe not quite as strong as tiling, but we'll go with it. But actually, it's a really good one, Patrick, because the other thing is, it's smart because, you know, as a driver, you, you give some thoughtful consideration, you know, what am I looking for? Is this, you know, my child's first car? Well, maybe the Scion is great, or, you know, am I a little older and I want dependability and the luxury. So I would go up market. It's the same with translation. Um, you have to look at the complexity of the project and what the right tool is, because I would tell you that if also, if a, if a language service provider, um, you know, they're going to go with their default, right? The default is to do, um, sort of that best level of service. And the reason is, is they're also not being nefarious by doing that. It's, it is the best level of service. It'll create the least amount of errors. It's the most dependable. It's typically, you know, ISO approved because it's translation, independent editor. It's typically the way to go. But you should have a conversation and you should talk about the level of importance of the project. Who's the audience? Is it just an internal audience? Because maybe if it is just internal, then you can go down market a little bit, you know, save your powder for the projects that are customer facing. You know, there's, there's different ways to attack these things. And I, I, I actually, in all seriousness, do think that's a really good example because um, you have to provide the right level of service to the right project. And it might vary even within the same customer, right? Same customer might have different audiences, different types of projects. You know, we see that all the time, right? Yeah, absolutely. It can vary by person requesting it, whether, you know, we get requests from corporate communications that sometimes aren't as high value. Maybe it's a monthly newsletter or something like that. They're going to typically choose the the translation only route. But if they're doing customer facing things like product brochures or product catalogs, they're going to want to have the whole kit and caboodle on that one. So I think we say this virtually every show, and I think it applies to this one as well. I think having that open and honest conversation with your provider is going to pay you dividends down the road. Um, like you said, we're always going to quote um, the best because there's a reason it's the best and there's a reason why that's our standard. Uh, but we can certainly, you know, bend our quotes and get it into a certain budget line. If we have to just, we'll just let you know that, you know, Hey, this is what you're not getting now. We can, we can always work with you. It's just a matter of, we don't know what we don't know. You know, I, uh, some years ago, a customer told me, this is so weird. I just, I don't understand this whole pricing per word as a basis. You know, I don't get it. And I started to think about it. And, and really, I, I think, I think the best way to go about it is to think that the price per word is just an extrapolation of an hourly rate. That's all it is. And we need a way to measure how much labor is involved. So you think of these different levels of service, it's just less labor. So, you know, if we do that best level of service, translation, editor, uh, functional review, it takes a certain amount of hours. And that number of hours is greater than if we just have one linguist review his or her own work. That's greater than if we just have a machine do the first pass and then do editing. Um, it's just less hours. And that's really a, a healthy way to, to think about it, I think. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this brings up the point too of just 
for not even just having those discussions because it's going to be best for your company, but really to just educate yourself as a buyer, you know, really know what you are buying, not just saying, oh, what's your cost per word? That's how I'm going to make my decision. Really get into the details about what you're buying. I mean, it's not like you're buying a physical object, right? We're selling a service. So it's really hard to to know what you're getting unless you really go through all of those details. So we talked a little bit about the complexity of the project, and I know sometimes there's another step that adds some time to it. And it's sort of, you know, again, it's the grout and the labor and the additional stuff, the extra glaze, all that other stuff. But um, what about in-context review and what about, you know, in-country review? So like if a subject matter expert for the customer, how does that come into play and how does the pricing typically work on that? Mm -hmm. So for in-context review, that one's easiest. So we'll tackle that first. That would be, we're looking at the final product. So whether that's a website or a product catalog, we're looking at the final output that you as the buyer are going to publish. Our, uh, Our linguists will look at that as if they're a user, they'll kind of page through it. If it's a website, they'll make sure all the text fits on the page you know, it doesn't do overrun on buttons, things like that. Kind of just, you know, looking for anything that if you're using a website would look off. Um, the Another important step, like we mentioned, is in-country or subject matter review expert or subject matter expert review. Yeah, it's a tongue twister. Easy for you to say. Yeah, right. Um, so that one comes into play where we have... Um, our customers have a person in country who speaks that language who wants to review the content before it's published. Um, so that number one affects how we set up the workflow on the project. We'll do that subject matter expert review before any formatting, before any publishing to make sure that we get it right before it even gets to those other stages. So that's super important, especially for project managers to know that upfront so we can kind of pull that step out, hit pause on the project and let the expert do their review. Um, But what also comes out of that is that when we do get those review changes back, those all get implemented into the translation memory. So then our memory gets smarter for future projects. And then our team knows what the preferred terminology of that client is. See, and that's a really important point because there is effort involved. You know, our translators, our project managers are going to make sure that the subject matter expert review is implemented correctly, both in the final output as well in the translation memory, which of course, remember that translation memory is that very valuable asset that we always talk about. The more we train it, the more material that we get into it that's validated and approved by your people, the better off it is. So it's it's really, um, really an important step. And there is some labor involved. That's why you might see some charges relative to that. And those are also traps, right? All of those extra things we talk about are the kind of thing where someone who charges a per word price can come back with those gotchas, which we absolutely hate. Say, oh, well, we did mean that per word price, but now we have XML engineering fees and we have functional review time and we have review uh, hours to handle the subject matter experts review. So you think you're paying X, but you, you, <laughs> you really end up paying a lot more than you might have with the other provider who is more clear cut and what they were doing more transparent. So, well, this brings us to that time, Patrick, where um, you're probably going to say how wonderful your analogy was relative to mine. Yeah, cars are better than tile. Yes, exactly. Can't drive a tile anywhere. So what is your big takeaway from today? I think my big takeaway would be it's very important to try 
as much as you can to get that apples to apples evaluation of providers. Um, like I mentioned, really sending the same thing and sending the same instructions to many providers is going to really separate who's going to take good care of your project versus who's going to take bad care of your project. Um, typically when you if that step does occur, um, we'll reach out with a, a few questions to clarify a few things and then, Sometimes, at least to me, it's alarming uh, to the client if they don't hear those questions from someone else, because that to me means that the other provider is making some sort of assumption or they're not thinking of something in the workflow. And it's really going to come back to bite the client in the end. Whereas what I think separates us is that we'll ask those questions on the front. We'll get all of those details ironed out. So then the second you say approve, everything is smooth sailing. Yeah. And building off of that. So then for me, I guess it's all about the grout, right? It's all about the, uh, it's all about the special services that are surrounding the translation. So the most important part of this aspect for me is how detailed is that estimate? Are you getting a one sentence description for a $50,000 project? Again, that's ridiculous. You should know what the steps are. You should understand what the translation service provider is doing at every step. Um, so that, that would certainly be my biggest takeaway. And, um, just a quick reminder to look for those COVID-19 safety posters that we're making available. Um, want to thank everyone for tuning in, stay safe. And for this episode of Translation Confidential, this is Peter and Patrick signing off.